Welcome to Taste and See, a conversational podcast where we discuss what it looks like to savor and share God's goodness through hope. I'm your host, Jessica Sherrill, and today I'll be talking with Christine, a friend and fellow expat here in Israel. Hi, Christine. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Christine and her family moved to Israel about two months before we did, and we had like talked online a little bit leading up to our move here and connected through social media, but it wasn't until we actually were both in Israel that we met face to face. She and her family have become dear friends of ours as we've kind of tried to figure out life in a new country with a family and kids, and we're just really grateful for them and their friendship. So I have been in Christine's home many times um, in the last year and a half, and I've seen her gracious and kind hospitality, which is one of the reasons that I was excited to get to talk to her today. So Christine, before we go any further, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your family? Yes, and I'm so thankful for you and your family. I really can't imagine doing this transition without you guys alongside us. So um, my name is Christine Harris, and I'm married to my wonderful husband, Zach, and we have three girls. They're five, three, and one. And like Jessica said, we currently live in Israel and moved here about 18 months ago from Southern California for my husband's job. So I get to be home with my girls, homeschooling, um, and still slowly learning to adapt to our lifestyle here. Yeah, the culture is definitely different. Um, there have yeah. been, um, it has been less of a culture shock and I guess than I expected or maybe thought that there would be um, just based on things that people had told me. But I also think that maybe when you expect it to be crazy, then it just isn't as crazy as you think, you know, (laughs) just getting getting into the swing of it. Um, There are some big differences and it's been a big learning curve for us. And I know for you guys too, I feel like a year and a half into it though, we're kind of settling into like, hey, I kind of know what I'm doing (laughs) or something. Yes, feeling so much better than the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. You mentioned your husband's job, which um, is part of the reason that I thought it would be interesting to talk to you, um, but also just the living in a foreign country and how that's changed your perspective on hospitality and also what that kind of looks like for you here. But um, can you tell us a little bit about your husband's job? Yeah, just a little bit about that before we go any further. Yeah, totally. So my husband works with a program that sends exchange students from America, mostly, um, to come study here for a semester, and they focus on studying Bible, geography, and history. And so our life here is largely involved with this student program. So we, my husband specifically, oversees most of the student life aspects. So it's a lot of discipleship and student events and things like that. So because of the fact that you're living in a foreign country and you have this unique experience of um, almost you're you're almost like a host family, even though you're not living like with the kids in the house, but like kind of like a host family for a bunch of college um, kids every semester. Um, So I just think you have a really unique perspective to share with us on hospitality and welcoming people into your life and home. Um, So getting into some of the questions I have for you. I wanted to start with just kind of a broad question about hospitality and hosting. Is that something that you have always enjoyed, something you looked forward to um, 
when you thought about having your own home someday and how has that kind of grown and changed for you? Yeah. So the short answer is yes, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I attribute a lot of my love for having people in our home to my mom. I have a big family, immediate and extended, and we always had people in the house growing up, whether it was family or friends or neighbors or new friends. And my mom always welcomed that and loved that and created an atmosphere that people just love to be in. So in that regard, I've always been used to having crowds over and company and the noise. Um, and always looked forward to having my own house to do that in. Uh, but then, you know, flash forward, getting married, having my own space, own kitchen, own resources. That desire was always there and for my husband as well. But the logistics, I think, stunted me a lot at times. So when we first got married, we lived in a very tiny one room studio apartment and we would have friends over here and there. But I always felt so worried that they would be uncomfortable in our small space. And I thought, you know, once we have more space, then we can really, then we can have people over. So Mm, we ended up moving um, to a two bedroom apartment with still a small living space. And I still just felt self-conscious. I felt like I couldn't maybe put on the show that I wanted to with what I thought hosting had to look like, what I thought hospitality had to be. And Mm. it was at that time that my husband was hired in youth ministry and he had the idea He just said, you know, I want to have all these students in our home at some point. So we did a once a month hangout for different grades, whoever wanted to come over. And we would pack 25, 30 students in a tiny little living room. And it was just like three layers of people. And it was so chaotic every time, but so much fun. And this is when I think my husband and I just started having consistent conversations about, you know, let's just get people in our home. Just doesn't have to be formal every time. But we just saw there's so many opportunities when you're inviting people in. And this is probably the same time that you could say I maybe revamped my convictions or solidified them on the ideas of, you know, what what does hospitality even mean? Like, what does the Bible say about it? What is how is our home supposed to be used? And when I started having kids, just thinking about what example do we want our children to see and how we use our home and as we just kind of peeled away, I think the social stigmas of hospitality, mm-hmm. um, we just started seeing, you know, I, for me, I started seeing that my desire at first was I want to perform. Like I want to put on a show for people that come over and wasn't as focused on the people that we were bringing in. Yeah. And, you know, when you invite someone into your home, specifically a stranger, you're kind of saying, you know, please come into the inner workings of our life. And it <laughs> feels really vulnerable at first and I would think you know what are the kids going to do when they're here will I accidentally give our guests food poisoning will they judge our home you know like all these things um so I think a lot of it was just the Lord's work on my own heart of just realizing you know this isn't a performance and the Lord has given us a home and by his grace we can use it as a gift to love and serve others and even you know strangers So yes, um, that desire was there, but I don't think it was there in the right way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that there's the sacrifice of opening your home wasn't a reality to me until later on. So I saw the fun Mm -hmm. aspects of throwing a party, I guess, and not, you know, laying down your own um, comforts and desires to love and serve those around you. Okay. I have to go back to a couple of things. One, your comment about food poisoning. (laughs) 
cracked me up because I can't tell you how many times I have thought that, especially since we've moved to Israel, just because I feel like yes. we've dealt with like more bacteria related sicknesses here. And so like every yep. time I cook for someone, I'm like, Lord, would you please not let this make anyone sick? Yes. No, um, same here. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, and often that just has to do with like, we're Americans living in a new country. So our body is just not used to a lot of the germs here. Um, I know exactly. that's pretty typical with moving to a new country, but I do have to think about that a lot and just trust yes. that the Lord will work that out. <laughs> yes, um, definitely. But yeah, I've also seen a lot of those same shifts in my heart um, from the like more fun perspective of like, this is fun. Let's have a party. Let's host. Let's have friends over to um, choosing to show hospitality, even when it's not fun or not particularly what I want to do or. Um, yeah. Or to people you would naturally want to have over. Yeah. Yes. I yes, think that's something that's too that I'm like, wait, it's not always just, Oh, let's have our friends over. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of the new Testament examples of hospitality and opening your home are loving strangers and people mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know that well. And I think that was always convicting for me too. Of, you know, yeah. the unlikely people that I wouldn't necessarily be like, let's hang out and have them over. Those mm -hmm. may be the best people we should be opening our home to. Yeah. Yeah. And so that actually leads me to one of my other questions that I wanted to talk to you about is thinking about the type of hospitality that you show here now that you're in a new country and you started fresh where you don't know anyone and you don't have just the easy go-to friends that are the comfortable people to have over. How has living here in a new country, starting fresh um, in a way, how has that kind of changed how hospitality looks for you? Are there things that are harder, things that are easier, even cultural things that maybe are different or that you're having to figure out along the way? Yeah, I mean, when we moved, I lived in the same town my entire life. So our first like big move out of the city we both grew up in was to Israel. Mm. So when we first moved here, I think we were moving to a new place where everybody was a stranger and we were like desperate for connection. And so having mm -hmm. people over was like, this is how we're going to get to know people. And then it morphed into kind of this sympathy for, wow, I, I see what it's like to, to not really be known by people and to not have close relationships and mm -hmm. when we first moved here and people were having us in their home, it was just such a sweet gift to be able to feel like we were a part of something. And that was super helpful. So that's one aspect. Um, culturally, there's, I think, hard things here about it just not being super convenient to have people over last minute and mm -hmm. just having to be a little bit more prepared. I can't go get a quick dessert from Costco or make a quick, you know, drive to Target or buy really any prepared meals that are relatively good. Mm -hmm. So a little bit more thought into just being prepared to have people over last minute and what that looks like. But then in some ways it is easier. I mean, the houses that we've gone to and even thinking of our neighbors, the maybe performance aspect of like having people over and having to do everything a certain way is not as relevant here. And we've been invited to mm -hmm. a lot of homes and it's always been very casual. And I think that was just really cool for me to see within the first week of getting here, just having someone say, you know, come on in. Or if I drop something off at a neighbor's house, almost every single time they insist that I come into the house. So mm -hmm. it didn't feel hard. 
necessarily to kind of get to know people and have them over. But mm-hmm. I've also had a lot more opportunity um, just with my husband working with the students. He's the one doing the job, but we came here both with the desire to be a blessing and invest in them. And yeah, you made a good point. We live on the same campus. And so our desire is that our home is a place that they can come at any time that they can feel comfortable and safe. And we can have so many and have had so many amazing discipleship opportunities with them because of that. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's strange. I feel like I definitely moved from where I had all these relationships and we had people over a lot, but here it's just totally different. It's a lot more strangers in our house and it's a lot more Mm -hmm. um, maybe sacrifice in some ways and maybe more uncomfortable first encounters but so rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that we have experienced similar similar things coming from not not necessarily the town where Josh and I grew up in, but where we started our marriage and the church that we have gone to our entire marriage where all our kids were born. And so our friend group was very solidified. Um, we lived near a lot of my family. So just we had, you know, lots of people that we were really comfortable with and we we hosted on a pretty regular basis, but moving here, I think I have seen how hospitality means so much to people here. Most of our hospitality tends to be with other students. My husband's a student at a university here in Jerusalem. And so, so many of the students of the program are also from other countries, some from the U.S., but a lot of them from just all over the world. So that has been a really, really unique experience. You know, about 50% of the time when people come into our house, I haven't even met them yet. You know, it's a friend of Josh's from campus with um, either their spouse or their kids or, and so I'm just, that's not something I would ever really think to do in the U.S. There, I would have very Mm -hmm. few opportunities to do that even, Um, but it has just been so sweet time and again to see how, how much it means to us that people would, you know, come and share their lives with us, not knowing us, and then also to yeah. be able to open our home to people who are also, you know, often really lonely and don't know, don't know very many people are missing home and family and um, yeah. things like that. So, so that has been also just really a sweet experience for us that I think, I think I'll remember probably for the rest of my life and so maybe, maybe even something that I would miss from our time here because I know, again, going back to the U.S. eventually would will just mean like I won't have the same opportunities of inviting people from completely different cultures and worlds and um, life experiences into my home on a regular basis. So yeah. And meeting them for the first time in your home. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So tell me a little bit more. You already mentioned it a little bit, but tell me a little bit more about practically what it looks like with the students that are there on campus with you guys what kinds of, I guess, like the role you play in hosting them and what kind of hospitality you're showing on a weekly, monthly basis, both one-on-one and to groups? Yeah, so it's been a really, really sweet season getting to be involved in their lives. And my husband and I both did this program. And so we have just a deep love for it and just being able to be alongside them as they're learning um, and getting to study here is really sweet. And the part that I love the most, I think, in that is just being able to be just a friend to them, but also someone that they can 
confide in and our home. My girls absolutely love having them over. And I think they say every semester that their best friends are the students. (laughs) So it's really a sweet dynamic that we have with them. During the week, their schedule is very different, but we live on the main campus. So when they're not um, out for a tour day, we have mm-hmm. a lot of scheduled things like game nights or we'll have them over for dinner or we'll have, you know, certain groups over for the girls always love to bake. Um, anything, I always tell the girls, whatever makes you feel like home, like you can use my kitchen or our house. So sometimes I'll even leave the kitchen or we're gone for the day and they'll just come use it. So mm-hmm. I think that's been a, just a cool thing too, is we really feel like being here, our house feels like home to us, but it also feels like just an extension of kind of our ministry here. So that's been a mindset we've tried to have the whole time is how can these resources, you know, we moved here, we still feel very new, but we have a home and they don't have that while they're here. So we try Mm -hmm. to, from the beginning, tell them at any time you guys can come over. So once a week, um, the men's Bible study will happen and all the guys will come over after study. So I'll make a dessert and coffee for that. And the guys will just come and talk with my husband about anything you can imagine. And um, that's always a sweet time. So it's a lot of random, just groups here, groups there, Um, definitely scheduled things, but it's a lot of empty afternoons where one of them will just message me and be like, Hey, can we come over and watch a movie or can we come over? And one time they came Mm -hmm. and they brought nail polish and painted their nails with the girls and Mm. things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's been, I think, a learning curve and just being able to, like, I had advice from a friend of mine who told me who worked in a student life capacity. And she said, you know, we just, we had an open door policy. And she said at first, like, there are times that that can be hard and you feel like, oh, my space is intruded on. But she's like, but the the effect that that brings and the amount mm-hmm. of comfort that that can bring to people, especially that are far from home Mm -hmm. um, just creates a really sweet dynamic. And with that, you know, at the end of our end of the day, our goal is to love them and to um, share truth with them and encourage them and walk alongside them. So through Mm -hmm. just that ministry and being able to practically have a lot of tricks to learn, I think, and just what is my quickest dessert? How can I do this the fastest? Mm -hmm. How can I get this prepared? Um, Those I've gotten a lot of practice with that. And so when it comes to having people, outside of, you know, that group over, it feels a lot more natural than it did before. Okay. So these student groups that um, come, I know you've had different sizes every semester, but about how many usually are um, in each group? I would say average is 25. We've had like the lowest 17. And then this last semester we had 28. Maybe next Mm -hmm. semester's like 21. So it's kind of all over the place, but around there. Yeah. So I wanted to ask that because I also wanted you to talk about the size of your current home. Do you know it's square Yes. I don't, but it's very small. It is basically you walk in and it's a living area (laughs) and a kitchen, a small kitchen off of that. And we have two small bedrooms, but it's all in kind of a flat. I would say it's as big as some studio apartments, like the studio we lived in when we were first married was just one big room, but it felt pretty much the same size. So yeah, our space is extremely small. And it's, it's funny to me just thinking back to when we were first married and thinking, you know, in in several years, we'll have a house and we'll have all this room and all my (laughs) problems and 
insecurities of hosting in a small space will be gone. And of course that wasn't the case. And it's again, like I think when we first moved here, I was worried about it. And now it's been, I've just seen again and again that they don't care and no one cares. And there's definitely an aspect of we're not going to invite 30 new friends over to all be crammed and uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. you know what the people we do know, make it work and it's fine. And we've, you know, done things where we put a table outside or we have a table in a bedroom, but seeing that this is where the Lord has us and this is what he has provided in this time. And we could have the excuse that it's too small to have people over, Mm -hmm. but I don't, you know, where does that come from? What's the standard? No matter what you have, we can be generous. So yeah, it's comical. We laugh about it a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, what we thought we would be at by now, but Mm -hmm. we, we love our little tiny home and are making so yeah. many memories in it. Yeah. I was trying to think, um, I mean, I don't know, like compare it to like my, our first apartment. Cause I know the square footage of that. And I'm pretty sure y'all's apartment. I mean, I would say in like Americans terms, cause I know here they measure it in square meters, but it's probably six or 700 square feet would be my yeah. guess at the most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I would think something like that. Yeah. So I point all that out just to say you're having, you know, you're having 20 plus people in your home um, in a very, very yeah. small space. Um, and yeah. I've been there with other friends and, you know, it's never felt like uncomfortable, which obviously is something I think about too in our current apartment and even in our last house, which now feels spacious compared to where we're living. Right. But, um but yeah, I've thought about, you know, oh, maybe we shouldn't invite so many people because it'll just feel too uncomfortable. And like you said, there are there are limits. You don't want people to come in and just be like really uncomfortable the whole night because right. of space issues. But um, but I think ultimately most people are just so grateful to be included and um, welcomed. Exactly. Uh, so when I was in high school remember I can't remember who this person was but I think it was a missionary came to our church and they were giving maybe an update on their ministry and they posted a picture of like a weekly bible study and I remember seeing a picture of this tiny little room and a ton of people just sitting on the ground and I remember Mm -hmm. this thought of like wow that's so weird to a picture like that's the space they have and they've crammed all those people in there and now I kind of feel like you know, when we have people over, not everyone has a chair, but like you said, mm-hmm. it's always so sweet and so fun. And sometimes people are sitting on the ground, people are standing, um, but no one's complaining. And I'm also thankful for that. So yeah, it's looking past, I think just for me, it was a lot of the Lord breaking down pride. And I think just wanting to have a status and at the end of the day, wanting my possessions to reflect something that I don't have. And mm-hmm. that's been a really, I think, humbling and sweet process just to see uh, the Lord working in that. And I know I still, you know, there's still things that I'm insecure about and I have to ask the Lord for humility in, in ways all the time. And like I said earlier, when you have people in your own home and seeing how your family's functioning and your kids just throwing out weird things they shouldn't say, probably <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities where you're just like, okay, slowly being humbled. And you can't hide a lot when people are in your own house. Yeah. Well, we've heard it in a lot of the things that you've said today already. Um, But I've obviously seen firsthand your love and um, care for the students while they're on campus. And um, and I really have, I've just seen how much you enjoy um, 
being a part of their lives. But because you are human, like everyone else, I'm sure you have days where you're like, I would really just love to talk to no one today. And so on those days when you'd rather be shut up in your bedroom, um, but you do need to be, (laughs) you know, talking to someone, meeting with someone, having someone for dinner or whatever it might be. What truth or kind of foundational beliefs do you go back to, to um, kind of keep yourself encouraged and ready to honor the Lord and other people with your attitude and actions? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, usually when I'm in those places of weariness, it's a place of, at the end of the day, I think just a selfishness or not wanting to continue to give more of myself. And especially as a young mom, you can relate and so many can relate. The day feels a lot as it is. And it's like a constant trying to kind of keep ahead of the head of the day, keep it going, keep the kids on the right track. And by the end of the day, when a lot of this hosting happens, I could definitely reach a point where like, I just want to go lay in my bed and Mm -hmm. not do anything. (laughs) So I definitely have those moments. And when something is set in stone and there, you know, there's been quite a few times where I'm like, Lord, please help this person just to cancel on me so that we don't have to do this. You know, when I just feel like Mm -hmm. I've run out of steam and I, all I can do in those times is ask the Lord for strength, just to be present and to love that person. And Mm -hmm. it's usually just a continual refining of realizing, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to give of myself and I want my own time. And this is an opportunity to love and serve someone else. Mm -hmm. So I think of Galatians 2.20 often and just thinking of, you know, Christ's ultimate sacrifice that my little sacrifice of having someone over is nothing in comparison, but just the idea that it is not my sinful flesh anymore that is in control and living, but it's Christ who lives in me. And um, specifically it says in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who Mm -hmm. loved me and gave himself for me. And just, you know, that reminder over and over, over of that truth of loving others and in our love for Christ, it's seen in how we treat and love others. And, even when it's not easy. So that is definitely the main thing. And then just being able to confide in my husband and he's always so caring and helpful. And so in the, in the ways that I feel like I just, it may be struggling or um, feeling overwhelmed. He's able to kind of step in and practically help in those ways, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that's a big part of it. Sometimes just having a, someone on your team to pick up the slack. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Something that's always on my mind is how do we balance, you know, having an open home. um, And I I want our children to see that and be a part of that, but also being careful to have, you know, a space that they feel like is their own and um, time together just as a family. Mm -hmm. So we're always, every season has looked different. And my husband and I are always trying to figure out how to prioritize that. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the last things I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you have anything like this, but do you have any funny or embarrassing or just fun stories from a hosting (laughs) experience that you want to share with us? I'm sure there are so many and probably a really good embarrassing story that I've blocked out of my brain. But one just funny one I can think of, um, is recently I was making a whipped cream. We were having 
like a, I think it was a game night or something. And I had a dessert and I was like, all I have to do is whipped cream and I'll do it when people are here. And somehow I bought like an unwhippable cream. So I was in the kitchen with the mixer and it had been like five minutes and our mixer is just so loud. So people are kind of trying to like yell over each other and I'm like, don't mind me. And it's just mixing and it, it's like six minutes and it's not thickening. I'm like, this is so weird. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take it into our back bedroom and I'll just whip it back there. But our light had broken. And so I'm like in the half dark trying to whip it. And it had now been, I think like 10 minutes. And I, looking back, I don't know why I just didn't say, okay, we're not having whipped cream, but I was very committed. And it was like 10 minutes and it kind of fluffed up a little bit. And so I'm like, you know what, that's fine. And I realized after that I had gotten it like all over the wall and the table and everything because I couldn't see well enough (laughs) because of the lighting. And so I took it out and it was by that time, I think most people had already eaten the dessert and it was just like, okay, this was such a, why couldn't I have just stepped back for a second? But that's just a recent one I can think of that was just this kind of awkward, funny thing. I wish someone had like stumbled upon you in the dark in the bedroom. I thought about that. I'm like, this will be a, quite the sight. I was like crouched on the ground. It was a very... <laughs> oh, you were in the groove. You were determined. <laughs> I was very determined. All right. Well, I appreciate you so much sharing from your heart today, Christine. I really enjoyed it. And I hope all of our listeners will as well. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. I hope it encourages you to use the home you have to share the goodness of God in tangible ways. Any links, products, or recipes we mentioned, as well as social media tags, will be in the show notes below. You can also find our Instagram page for the show at Taste and See Podcast, where I share more practical hospitality tips and encouragement.